Hi, Dave Kovar here. Before we officially start this podcast, I wanted to thank all of our listeners for sticking with this podcast for over two years, and I'm honored by everyone who's been a dedicated listener since the start. And if you like listening to these, I would love it if you checked out what we're doing this month. Starting on Sunday, September 20th, I'm doing a seven-week step-up. A personal development program. It's going to be an hour uh, uh, every week for seven weeks plus some assignments. And the whole intention is, is we're going to take the martial arts mastery mindsets and we're really going to try to uh, apply them to our daily living. And I promise you for participating in this program, you're going to come out the other side a better person. So you can go to kovarsystems.com uh, slash events to find out more information and to register. I'd love to see you. Then once again, that's going to be Sunday, September 20th. On a different note, in the podcast you're about to listen to, I tell a story about grabbing onto a big rock and walking across the bottom of a, a river. And I want to make sure that you understand that I do not recommend doing this. And disclaimer, uh, please do not do this on your own. Uh, but it's to illustrate a point. You'll get it when you you listen. So take this month's podcast. Bye-bye. Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Kovar. The title of today's podcast is The Three A's. Attitude, adaptability, and action. So I want to begin by telling you, sharing a story of something that recently happened to me. So uh, a few weeks back, I went on a mountain bike ride with a couple of my friends. And just to give you a background, I, I love being outside. I love hiking and climbing and cycling and training outside. It doesn't really matter, right? I love being out in nature. And I do quite a bit of a uh, street bike. I've got a really good bike and there's the American River Bike Trail uh, in, in Sacramento, that's just an amazing trail. It's about 30 miles along, along the river, and it's just gorgeous, right? So I do a, quite a bit of riding. And what I mean, quite a bit of riding, is, is a couple times a week. And if you're a cyclist, that's not a lot. But if you're a martial artist, that's that's as much time as I have to put into it. And I love it. And and when I was younger, I did quite a bit of mo- uh, mountain bike riding, but I haven't done any in about 20 years. And so one of my cycling friends, Brian, who does both road bike work and, and a lot of uh, mountain biking, invited me to go along with him and another guy to do some mountain bike riding. So I went with him, and and just so you know, my mountain bike is like a beater. It's a 20-year-old beater that I got from, like, uh, the sports authority, right? So it's probably I paid 179 bucks for it brand new, so it's nothing to brag about. And these guys both have super high-tech, you know, high-quality mountain bikes. And so first thing, after taking a little humiliation when they saw my bike, uh, we went on, we started on the ride. And, and these guys are both more experienced than me, have better bikes, but I hung with them okay. And, I, by the way, I have to attribute martial arts to that is because you know martial arts is the in my opinion like the ultimate you know exercise right fitness with a purpose and it, not only for strength and flexibility and endurance and but also your you know your balance and, and and your focus all those things that go along with it so i made it through the day it was great fun as a matter of fact i only fell one time and and didn't hurt myself when i fell so that was a good thing and so on the way home we're at, we're at a place called Forest Hill. It's up in the foothills of Northern California. And the way home, we we stopped at it was called the, the the American River Confluence. It's where I believe it's the South Fork, excuse me, the North Fork of the American River and the center in the Mid Fork meet. And it's this gorgeous area. Uh, there's a bunch of big granite rocks, and the river at one point is pretty deep, and, and the current isn't too uh, strong, and you can jump off the rocks. It's just like the perfect little kind of uh, swimming hole. And it had been a hot day, so we decided, hey man, let's go swimming. So we were hanging out, and, and, and my friend Brian said, we go to this one spot, and said, Brian says, you know, when I was in college, uh, my friends and I, used, we used to take big old boulders, and we would see if we could walk across the bottom of the river and get to the other side in one breath. And, of course, I, I, I always fall for challenges, right? And, of course, he didn't challenge me, but I took that as a challenge. So what do I do? By the way, the river's probably 14 feet no more than that. At the deep point, it, uh, underwater, you're underwater about 14 feet. It's probably the, the, 
the depth is anywhere from eight to 12 feet in deep, in deep right? So I find myself a, a rock, probably 30, 35 pounds. And why do you want the rock? You got it for a couple of reasons. Number one is, is that's going to keep you on the bottom. Number two is it's going to keep you from the current, you know, throwing you downstream. And so the idea is to grab onto this rock and walk across the bottom of the, of the river from one side to the other. And so I do my Wim Hof breathing, which basically is I hyperventilate for about a minute and a half, man. So I get plenty of oxygen in my system. And then I, I start the process and I take one step and another. And pretty soon I'm underwater. I'm, I'm going across. And by the way, which is ironic, I've, I've never actually done this before, how far you have to lean forward. Like I'm probably at a 45 degree angle leaning into this, right? And uh, I'm also barefoot. I wished I would have had some good, uh, you know, water shoes, but I didn't. And so I'm kind of slipping a little bit, but I'm making my way. And I, by the way, I have plenty of oxygen and I'm getting closer. I think I'm making progress. And all of a sudden this voice in my head says, you're not going to make it better. Come up from air. You're not going to make it. And, and so I, I try to quell that voice, but it gets louder and louder. And by the way, I still had plenty. My blood was still oxygenated pretty well. So it wasn't like I was getting lightheaded. There was no real danger, but that voice just grabbed a hold of me. And finally I dropped the rock and I frantically swam towards the surface because I thought I was still halfway, you know, only halfway done. And, and I was probably, I figured I was submerged, you know, 12 feet under. So I was going to have to, well, what do you know? I'm literally two steps from my head coming. I was literally, my, my head was probably three inches, uh, you know, below water. And I was taking two steps from, from coming out the other end. But I'd given up that close. And I'm sure I'm the only one that's done that. I'm sure you've never done that. Okay, so we all probably have. But here's the, the point of the story is, is uh, I was reminded about how much your mindset and your attitude can affect you. Like I, I, I had plenty of oxygen left. I could have easily made the steps if I would have been focusing on the right thing, right? But instead, I was, I was letting that fear affect my attitude, my performance. And, uh, and I think it's important right now. So the three A's that I want to talk about, uh, the first one, attitude, right? It's right now it's to understand that, that being optimistic doesn't uh, give you superhuman strength. Like for example, if you're super optimistic, that doesn't mean, yeah, I can fly. I know I can fly without wings. Let me jump up on, let me get on a three-story building. I know I can do this. I'm going to jump and I'm going to flap my arms really hard. Yeah, unless you know something I don't know, that's not going to matter. You know, it's not you're still going to fall and, and and break both your legs, right? However, what being optimistic does is it allows you to reach your full potential. Well, whereas whereas being pessimistic eliminates your will to try. So the first thing is is that is it's kind of I think Henry Ford said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're absolutely right. And there's so much truth to that. And so the big chunk of this is is just going back and knowing, hey, I can always do more than I think I can. Looking back on past successes that you've had as as proof of of, of concepts that, that you look at all the things that you've accomplished that you doubted you could. So that's an important aspect of attitude. And the next thing to really think about uh, with this is is the fact that, hey, man, you, uh, you're not always. You, you know, you only fail when you quit trying. And if something doesn't work, all right, it didn't work. You try a different pattern. It's not like baseball; we only have three strikes. And one of the things, some people are naturally have a better attitude than others, but we can all work within the attitude that we have. You know, within our our own space, right? And what I mean by that is, is that, uh, you know, you might be inherently pessimistic, but 
with some mindful effort, you can you can shift that a little bit. You can be inherently positive, uh, you know, pe- you know, optimistic. However, if you don't watch it, maybe the gravity around you, the people around you, can draw that down. So for me, I'm a big proponent, as you know, if you've listened to other p- podcasts, about a morning routine, really setting your day, deciding what kind of a day you're going to have in advance. And it sounds cliche, but it's really powerful. What does that mean for me? That means I get up, I read some inspirational. I read from two different sources: inspirational, something inspirational every morning. I get some exercise. I eat a healthy breakfast and I do my best to avoid social media until breakfast time so I can really get my head straight. And when I do that, it's amazing how my attitude the rest of the day is effective in a positive way. And so this, as, as, as you've heard before, stand guard at the door of your mind. You want to have the right mindset. Be careful of who you're talking to and, and what you're listening to. And you know, so, so for me right now, the podcast I'm listening to is, is uh, The Daily Stoic uh, by Ryan Holiday. It's just great. There's short little five-minute ditties that he does every day. And he takes a stoic point, something from Seneca or Marcus Aurelius, and just kind of a thought to think about. And it's just such good stuff. And it really helps. And I find whatever it is that I'm listening to, I can apply to the current situation of the day. So that's the first day. Now, the second one is adaptability. What the heck does adaptability mean? It's, it's being able to roll with the punches. It's being resilient. And what, what being resilient really is, is finding a way to do something when the old way doesn't work anymore. That's what being resilient is. And I, I'm thinking about our business right now and how much we've had to adapt. Uh, so uh, we run a chain of schools in, in, in uh, Northern California, as well as we coach other martial arts schools, right? And I'll tell you what, we were on target to have our best year ever. Uh, and so mid-March, beginning of March, we're killing it all. Everything is looking good. The morale is super high. Students are doing great. Everything, you know, it's as good as it's ever run. And we, I've been doing this for over 40 years. And what do you know? COVID hits. So like it hit everyone else. You know, it, it affected everybody. And so what do you know? We spend the next four months shut down. So what did we do? We had to adapt. So we went right to Zoom. And it actually works surprisingly well. So we were, you know, I'm amazed by how many students we were able to keep. And we didn't, we thought it was going to be a few weeks, not four months. And what do you know, mid-June, we're able to go open up. So we get back, but now... We can't have as many classes as we did. We can't have as large a classes because of the socially distanced uh, platform. So whereas we might have had 35 students in a class, that class now only can have 12. So that creates this whole sense of logistical problems. But we're working with it. We're offering more classes. We're still doing our Zoom. We're adapting. We're trying to improvise. We're trying to... To, to make it work. And, and what do you know, all of a sudden we get after, after four weeks, we get shut down again. And, and, you know, after first hearing, it was like, oh, such a disappointment. But what we actually did is we pivoted to the park. So we moved eight different schools outside the parks. And by the way, some of them were tricky, right? It was tricky to get them because some, some of the counties or the districts didn't want us in there. We had to jump through a bunch of hoops. But what we found, what seemed like it was going to be, oh, really, we're going to teach more stars out of the pike, out of the park, was the best thing that could have happened. Because all of a sudden, we've got people that normally don't get outside much that are enjoying training in nature. And now instead of only being able to have 12 people in class, we can have an unlimited amount because we have plenty of space. And I, even in, in California, you can think, well, but it's hot where I live. Well, we had... Uh, like like 12 days in a row where it was over 100 degrees and we're doing these park workouts in the afternoon. But it's in the later afternoon, it's in the shade and it was tolerable. It was a little warm, but it worked. People appreciated it, right? And so now to the point where uh, if we open up again, we're still going to keep the park going. We're still going to keep that going because it's been such a good feature for us. So the point is, is we had to adapt and we're still having to adapt. And, and uh, I don't want to make light of the challenges people are facing right now because certainly we're all facing challenges. The, uh, it, 
but what are you going to do? If you, if you spend your time worrying about what you wish you could do, that's a waste of time. So I, as I've mentioned before, man, I think it's really important that you position any challenge you have in the form of a question that assumes there's an answer. Let me say that again. You position any challenge you have in the form of a question that assumes there's an answer. What does that mean? Well, right now for me, my question is how can I handle this COVID crisis in a way that brings maximum benefit to my family, my community, and my business? Now, if that's the question that I ask myself, it's going to get me focusing on solutions. It's going to get me focusing on things that are possible versus, oh, I wish I could do this. Oh, man, too bad I couldn't do that. That's a waste of time. Now, every now and then you got to vent for a minute. I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't live there. Don't live there. Get past it and think, okay, what can I do? Okay. Because as I, I heard someone tell me, you know, you might be done with COVID, but COVID's not done with you. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast and COVID is over and done and well, then guess what? We made it through. Right. And probably we're stronger because of it. I know I can tell you how many different ways I'm stronger because of it. Now, I'm not happy it happened and I'm eager to get through it, but I'm trying to make this a learning opportunity. Now, the other thing about adaptability is the importance of having what's called shoshin, and that is a beginner's mind. And a beginner's mind uh, basically means that, that you're open-minded and receptive. Think about someone that's new to something. They're ready and they're, 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 they're an empty sponge ready to suck it up, right? Whereas an expert is not so. Their, their sponge is full. So the quote goes like this. In a beginner's mind, there are a thousand options. In an expert's mind, there's but one, right? So right now, you got to be open-minded and receptive so you can be adaptable, and one of the things that I'm doing is I'm trying to learn a lot from my team and the people around them and not, hey, I've been doing this a long time. You know, I've got a lot of experience. Yeah, that's great. That helps out. But there's still so much I can learn from everyone. And the third step is about action. And of course, this is basic. You know, what's important is to understand is that you can't spend all your time, you know, you know, talking positive and doing affirmations and 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 thinking through stuff and then not taking any action that will get you nowhere right you actually got to take aggressive action and what's amazing you're feeling low best thing you can do is take some action i don't know about you but for me motivation follows action right it's like taking aggressive action in some particular direction and you know we can't control what's going on around us right but what we can control is our attitude and our action and our adaptability and that's really going to help to influence our, our surroundings. So kind of with that in mind, the, the whole concept of, of, of like taking action is really about uh, uh, making it a point to be as productive as you possible, possibly can every day. But don't worry about outcomes as much as the process because you can't always control the outcome like we just mentioned. But what you can do is you can control what it is that you're doing right now. And, and so like whether you win or lose is secondary to the, 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 what you, the effort that you put into it. And, and when, you're, when your process is clear, as, as you've heard me say before, take care of the days and the years, take care of themselves. And, you know, when you just get up and you every day you, you're, you're moving in the right direction, Great stuff happens because of that. Great stuff happens because of that. And so I, I wanted to kind of comment on one other thing and I'll let you go. And I, I don't want to spend too much time today. I wanted to make this quick. Is, is that the importance of if you want to have the right attitude, one of the things that you want to do is make sure that you watch how you interpret the events that go along all around you. Okay, so the events that happen, the things that happen to you aren't what give you stretch or stress or aren't what give you happiness. It's how you interpret those events. 
right? So two people can have the same thing happen and interpret it differently. And one person can walk away uh, uh, super excited and, and the other person can walk away totally, you know, what, totally dumbfounded. Let's imagine that that you, uh, uh, you, you won, you came in second place at an event, like a sporting event that, that you, but it was your, and you wanted to win, but it was your best time ever. And by the way, there's a couple different ways you could look at that, right? You could be mad as heck because you almost got first place or you could, wow, okay, that was my best time ever. So it, it, placing second doesn't make you happy or sad. It's how you interpret that. And once we are aware of this, it, it gives us massive, massive power. So I would challenge you, uh, especially with all the stuff that's going on around you, I would challenge you just to be careful what interpretation, how you interpret the things going on. Like, for example, let's think about this for a minute. Let's say you walk outside and your car just got stolen. That's, that's a bummer, no doubt about it. Uh, however, you can either go, you know, you can either fret and holler and stomp and scream and be upset and let it ruin your weekend. Maybe you had the weekend planned with your kids and you had this, or, or you can take care of it, right? Or you can just take care of it, or you can think to yourself, wow, uh, my car got stolen. So glad I have insurance. Uh, I didn't like that color anyway. I'm ready for a new model. I mean, I'm sure somebody has thought that at some point, right? And now all of a sudden their, their whole weekend isn't spoiled because of it. Now, I'm not saying I'm good at this. You know, I, 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 uh, I certainly have my moments. However, I'm better at it than I used to be. And I'm reminded of something that happened to me uh, several years back. My kids were little and, and I've always been a guy that's liked a nice car. I kind of wish I didn't, but I've always liked a nice car. And at the time I had a Jaguar XF and, and it, it's, uh, uh, no, it was an XK8. I apologize. That was an XF I just had recently. And my, not that I need to justify having a nice car, but I always buy, buy uh, these cars. My car's usually three or four years old, so I can get them for, uh, uh, you know, a, a really nice car for, uh, with no low mileage for super cheap, right? But I needed a back seat because my kids were little. So I got another car and I got a BMW 740iL and I hadn't sold my Jaguar yet. And I had both cars and I was meaning to sell my Jag. I just hadn't got around to it. And uh, what do I do? I'm not paying attention. I'd back my Jaguar down the driveway and I managed to scrape the entire side of both cars. I, ba- I, I scraped my Jaguar against my, my BMW. I got a car and I'm so mad. Oh, it's like, oh, I'm so upset for about 10 seconds. Then it hit me. My biggest problem right now in my life is I backed my Jaguar into my BMW. I mean, that's a first world problem, right? And then I, the, my voice in my head, I heard my dad saying, if being upset helps, then be really upset. If not, just get it taken care of. So what I do? I took a breath and I calmly just called the insurance company and got it handled. And being upset wasn't going to help. Now, I'm not saying I always do that once again, but ah, it, it was really, it was really powerful. And so I would remind you in the heat of the moment, take a second, take a breath. All right, what's the best mindset for this situation? Now, it may not always be that easy, but when you start paying attention, it means you're moving in the right direction. And that's why all of a sudden now what you can do is you can use everyday adversity, all those little things that come up on a regular basis as a way to develop that that mental toughness, right? To work on that attitude. So I want to wrap up again for the day. And so the three mindsets that were the three A's are attitude. What are you doing to make sure that your attitude is, is, is right for the situation at hand? How can you positively, how can you make it better, right? Number two, adaptability. Are you complaining about why things are the way they are? Or are you trying to adjust to the reality that you're faced with? And number three, action. Are you taking, you know, uh, powerful steps in the right direction? So if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with others and you have an incredibly great day and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to this podcast. And once again, if you're free Sunday, September 20th, please join me in our seven-week personal development program called Step Up, where we take the martial arts mastery mindsets and we apply them to your life. If you want more information or to register, go to kovarsystems.com slash events and you'll be able to register there. Thank you. Bye-bye.